Hey, thank you so much for checking out today's video. I'm Pastor Matt, this is Pastor Adrienne, and we pray this message blesses you and encourages you all throughout your week. Absolutely. For any more information on how to be praying with us or to become a part of our community or to give, please head on over to takeovergr.com. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh man, it's always awkward to get an intro uh, like that, like a wrestler. And then you come in with your own emotions and um, stuff like that. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they are. We, like, nobody knows what emotions are. I don't know, know if it's scientifically proven that they really exist. We just feel them, you know. Um, I got to pray because I got to get myself right. And I'm really asking for the Lord to do something in us. Um, so if you just bow your heads real quick. Lord, uh, we just ask that you would just do far more with this message than, than what could just ent- entertain what could occupy our attention for a certain period of time, something that we might be able to learn, something that we might be able to think is a good idea. Jesus, we just, we need you so badly to just come and speak to every single one of us exactly as we need to hear it. Lord, I pray that you would just just speak through me to be able to speak in a way that cuts right to the heart, Lord, in a way that wouldn't be picking and choosing what, what, what we want to take in and what we want to hear, but, Lord, that you would actually change us from the inside out when we receive these words. I pray that you, these words would go f- so much further than what I could ever take them. So, Lord, I pray that you would just have less of me, Jesus, so much more of you. It's the only way that this gets taken out of this building is, Lord, if you change us right now in this moment, we take this seriously and we go forward being more like you as well. So Holy Spirit, come, fill our hearts, bless our ears. And I pray you just have your way this morning. Amen. Um, so I want to start this off by just sharing some, uh, some wisdoms. Um, so this isn't um, entirely what my whole message is about, but um, I only get on stage so often as the prophet of the house to be able to share um, some things that are very uh, uniquely important to me in terms of how, uh, how we hear God. Um, a lot of the time when we think about, I want to hear God, we think about we want us wanting to hear from an audible standpoint. When in reality, hearing God from an audible standpoint is actually a very low goal concerning the depths that he has and the full ability that he has to speak to you. If we're praying, we're saying, Lord, speak to me, and we're always expecting there to be an audible voice, it does happen. It does happen quite often. It happened to Matt. But it's not the fullness. What the fullness is, is completely giving yourself over, saying, Lord, I want to hear you, and in doing so, I set myself aside so that I am more like him, than I am like just me being me. Because the interworkings and the depths of God are far too advanced. You in your brain, your body is far too advanced than to only rely on maybe one sense to hear God. What if you had such a closeness with the Lord that you didn't need to hear anything, you were just always in full operation receiving from the Lord? That's the way that it should be. So I just want to, you to open your hearts and open your minds in terms of what does it look like to hear from God. 
if we're hunkering down saying, I need to hear something audibly, first you need to turn your heart to be more like him than you are like yourself first. Asking to hear God audibly is like listening for, to the ocean through a seashell when you could just go in the ocean. Kind of a cute thing, right, Evan? You like that? I was contemplating if I was going to say that or not. I was like, that's kind of lame. But I think it's, it gets the point across. Um, number two, there are two kind of invitations of prophecy. Number one is path or decision related. So this needs to be way tested and confirmed by others. The question could be, should I move to Alaska? Or, um, I, Adrienne, I see you doing this. Like, this is your calling. This is, a, this is a type of prophecy that we won't see confirmation in Scripture. Scripture's not going to tell us whether or not you should move to Alaska, right? How this gets taken care of is by community. Us coming together and weighing out with God what the reality of what he actually wants for your life is. This is why it's so important for us to discern, come together, rely on each other so we can build each other up because the odds are that somebody might know something about your path that you might not even know yet and it will just bless you through the roof. But if we do this alone, we do this uh, by, by our own decisions, we may, try to, um, we may try to get to our own conclusion based off of our own selfish desires. And that's never, that's never the fullness. Um, there's another prophecy which we had uh, a couple weeks ago, um, more, more along the lines of building up in your identity. It will already align with what God, who God says that you are. This is not the kind of prophecy that I speak over you, and you need to chew on it for a little while and see what you do with it. You're wasting your time. The odds are is that when I spoke that prophecy over you, who you are, what your identity is, the stuff that needs to go, the fullness that needs to come, you wrestling and chewing on it is actually probably going to weaken it and keep you from walking in its fullness. What needs to take place is if I had just encouraged you, you need to take it on and walk it out because a lot of prophecies, especially when it comes to our identity, is predicated on whether we walk it out or not. It is true, this, this, and this, but it's not going to become reality if you have to chew on it, you have to think about it, and consider whether you really want to change or not. If you don't change, that's on you. What we're saying is there is a fullness for you. This is what the, who God sees, as, sees you for who you really are, is like this. And you can, you can decide not to take it. So don't chew on those type of prophecies. Take them. Run with them. Believe the Lord for them. That he has a promise and a hope for you that you are going to walk into. Don't be afraid. Let fear stop at that moment and carry it out because everybody, that, especially that person who gave you that prophecy, they want to see it come to pass. But a lot of time, you have to walk it out. Very rarely do we see prophecies where it's like, hey, this is going to happen to you whether you like it or not. <laughs> Boom, right. you're gone. You know, uh, that does happen, but um, it's, it, it's rare um, in my experience. When hearing God is hard, there's a few things that get in the way. Number one, hearing God should be easy. Who believes that? Come on. Yeah. Hearing God is actually really easy. A lot of the time we think, man, God's not, not, God's not talking right now. The reality of it is, is that he's always talking. He's so profound and big that he's actually talking all the time about everything too. It's about your inability to be able to receive certain messages or a message at all being overly emotional when it comes to uh, a decision or if you are offended 
may hinder you from being able to hear the Lord. If something is wedged in your heart and keeping you from being able to uh, operate in freedom, that it doesn't matter whether this outcome happens or this outcome happens, I trust the Lord that everything is going to be okay. That is the position of a Christian that hears God. If you are getting in the way, you can be confident that you won't hear anything. Normally, you can't be trusted until you are out of the way. It's easy to hear from God when we are submitted no matter the outcome. God is the rule breaker. I have to say that too. Because there's times where there's people who don't follow these rules, but God is chasing after them to such a depth that he's going to break through no matter what. And normally it's partnered with the reason that a bunch of other people are praying for this person. Corey Russell, if you guys know him, he's a, he's a great example of that, who's doing everything that he can to run away from God, but he had people praying for him yeah. that overcame the darkness, broke through into his heart so that he could hear something even when he wasn't asking for it. So I'm going to get into my message now if that's all right. I had this vision a couple weeks ago, and um, on the right side, there was this path of light. It was just this, this is just a black and white picture that I saw. And there was like people walking like every 20 feet. There wasn't a lot of them, but they were walking on this light path going upwards. And on the left side, there was a group of people kind of in the dark, but they all had candles. And they were all huddled together. And they were looking over at the people walking in the light. And they were so rare. They were unique people. And they were looking at them and they were just kind of all huddled together. Both of them were Christians. One of them was walking in the light. One of them was a, was, was a rare type of person. And the other one was the very common, common Christian who was huddled together and thinking that those people are unique and special. When in reality, the people who are walking in the light aren't special at all. They have their eyes fixed on Jesus. And this group over here has their eyes fixed on these people thinking that they're special. You're, you're not special. Jesus is special. That's right. And Jesus thinks that you're special, which is really, really paradoxical and weird. <laughs> but you're not so special that you are rare in terms of what God can do through you. Every single person in here, God wants to use to his absolute fullness in your life. When God is doing that in somebody else, it's not because they're rare. It's not because they're fulfilling a role that is not called for you at all. You're not called to that exact role, but you are called according to a role to walk in the light and let him use you to his fullest. I want to establish a very, very high bar that is drawn out a lot in the book of Acts. We see the church moving in a way that is very different, a lot more powerful, a lot more fearless than what we see in the church today. We are called as Christians to establish the kingdom of heaven here and now. On earth as it is in heaven. David says, he's he's going through this, he's going through that, but the only thing that keeps him going is that he fully believes that he will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That is our call. We are supposed to act out the orders of the early church because what they moved in the fullness of is what we're still supposed to do. We're also called, as Adam and Eve were called, to give dominion over the earth. 
And that's why big faith is important. Because according to the church, God's people, we are supposed to subdue, take care of, and establish his kingdom on the earth in a way that it's not going to unless we are activated in faith. The issue is, we don't always win. And this is a huge killer when it comes to the way that people pray. They build up their own testimony about how God works or how God doesn't work based on losses. Let me let you know, we are not alone in this fight. There's an adversary against us that also has a will. Rather than praying and seeing a loss and not seeing the Lord come through in the way that you were praying for him to, to do it, don't look at God and say, oh, he must not have wanted it to happen. He must have wanted this person to die. He must not have wanted to heal them. He must not have wanted to take care of this. He must want me to stay poor because I, I, and in suffering and in longing and, and never find uh, love or whatever it might be. It's, it's not true. You're predicated off of what your experience is in this moment and you, because instead of looking at him and saying, oh, he must not have wanted it, what if we look down at the devil and said, this is what he wanted. Yeah. And here I am standing in the gap and the Holy Spirit is working inside of me yearning for people who he can be released through. Yes. Let's go, see. The word says that God never does anything without first saying it to one of his prophets. He speaks through you to be able to see his will orchestrated in the earth. We got to change the way that we think about losses because the huge flaw of the church is that we take a loss and we turn it into a defeat. If we live from a defeated place, that sets into the way that you live, the way that you move, the way that you speak, the way that you pray the way that you kill other people's faith when they're standing in the gap, really believing. They don't have a, a track record of a bunch of people who are hunkering down, as we're going to read in, in uh, James here soon, that they have it set up in their heart, that they are going to believe God for the absolute most. Now, I don't want to be labeled as that guy who talks about miracles all the time. However, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Because I think I've been, I've been victimized by people who think that I only care about miracles and I don't care about the depths of God. But I have to tell you that it's the depths of God that has led me to miracles, and it's miracles that have led me to the depths of God. It's through this struggle that I'm talking about today that doesn't just leave me at seeing a miracle. I've had, I've had pastors tell me, Zach, I, I, I don't want to take any of the Lord's glory. Like, I'm glad that like, he's healing people and stuff, but... I just, I just, I'm scared of it. I don't, I don't know what to do, and I don't want to take the Lord's glory. Well, that wasn't a problem for Jesus, because Jesus only did what he saw the Father doing. Jesus wasn't scared to take Father's glory. It was all for the Lord's glory that miracles, big prayers would take place. So what I'm trying to get at is that it is by the praying for the, some of the most audacious things that I don't want to be labeled as, oh, Zach only cares about miracles because it catches people's ears when he talks about this. I want to tell you that it refines my character, my belief, and my reliance on God to the absolute depths when I pray for something that's impossible and is only possible for God. When I put myself in that place, I, put, I, I see where my lack is when I don't see the outcome that I was praying for. This is the beautiful journey of the Christian that we're going to be talking about today. What does it look like to lose? 
What is the way that we've been losing and have claimed it as defeat in our own lives so that when we see that same situation again, because surely if I pray for somebody it didn't work out and I take that as a defeat, somebody's going to be sick with that same thing again. If I took it as a defeat, that's going to keep perpetuating defeat. And this person with this particular ailment is never going to be healed. I'm not going to be, I don't have the faith for it because I've taken defeat in that area. Rather than saying, Lord, I'm getting ahead of myself. Rather than saying, Lord, here's where I'm lacking. I believe that it was your will to do this. And I don't know why it didn't, but I'm taking responsibility. I'm not blaming it on you. Lord, I need your empowerment. Please help me. So we're going to go over to... Uh, James 1, 2 through 8. This is a scripture that I was terrified of because it was too convicting for me. I liked some of the other stuff that wasn't convicting, especially when he says, if you want to pop it up. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? This can either be something that you shy away from, like I have, or something that makes you lean into it because of how he completes how he completes this little passage. It says, my brothers and sisters, take this seriously. Consider it nothing but joy when you fall into all sorts of trials because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect effect so that you will be perfect and complete, not deficient in anything. Listen to that promise. If we engage in this process of taking joy in a trial and allowing perseverance of what we know the Lord wants, what the Lord wants to do through me, and we cling tight to that, it says we can be made perfect and complete. Isn't that what everybody wants? Perfection, completeness, wholeness. It only comes by resting in the Lord no matter what. But if anyone is deficient in wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously without reprimand. And it will be given to him. But, this is a huge one, but he must ask in faith without doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed around by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord, since he is double-minded and unstable in all his ways. This is an invitation for each of us to take a trial, to take a loss and ensure that it doesn't come into a defeat, but we lean into it and allow the Lord to keep on refining us into the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ has no doubt. The mind of Christ has full confidence in the Father, has full comfort, full peace, full knowing that the Lord's, the Lord's plan can and will be fill, fulfilled if we truly believe and hold on to him. Yeah. I want to I suppose to you that doubting God is within our sinful nature. There's a couple different kinds of sin, right? There's the sin where I like, acted on like kicking somebody when I shouldn't have. And then there's the sin that needs to be worked out throughout our sanctification process. Of course, there's the obvious sins. I'm not going to do wrong. Duh. There's the other ones where I've been predisposed because of my experience, because of my my family history. We all have a different story that needs to be worked out because we all have come into Christianity by believing in some sort of way. Some sort of way about yourself, some sort of way maybe about other people. 
that needs to be worked out so the Lord can sharpen you, harness that, take care of you, and overcome that. Doubt is within the parameters of our sinful nature because we should never doubt God. Wouldn't that make sense? What if everything that we, we stood against that seemed huge and scary, we went through the hard, hard work of taking that and measuring it against God? Everything would seem silly and everything would seem small. It is within our sinful nature that we see this, uh, this, this, this sickness, this cancer, this, these, these deaf ears, this, this whatever it is, and we see it as bigger than God. Right. You, know that's, you know that's not right. You know that that's, that's, that's not how it is in heaven. If we're called to operate on earth as it is in heaven, that the Lord's kingdom would be established here, we got to fight for it. Come on. Come on. It's not just going to happen on its own. Yeah. If you write anything down today, I could just wrap it up and just get off the stage if you took this in and you chewed on it. It comes from verse 7 and 8. If you don't have faith and confidence that God will move, then you should be confident that he won't. If you don't have the confidence, just don't, don't, don't think that I'm a jerk. Like, you have a role in this. This is the thing that the American church, we, 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 we change and we get off of. We say, if, if something didn't happen, huh, it's, it's on God. He, he didn't want to. Well, this is, says something completely opposite. Completely opposite. He says that you have a role in it. It's God's great will, so Jesus, he came, and he left, and he said, it's for your good that I leave so that the advocate may come. Yeah. And now the advocate is looking for people who are going to allow the Holy Spirit to move in his fullness. And he won't, because the Holy Spirit has all faith and fullness in God. Yeah. If you don't have all faith and confidence in God, then it's not the Holy Spirit speaking. It's not the Holy Spirit that comes and moves and cuts through to be able to tell something, something that shouldn't be to be better. Something that is worldly to become heavenly. I like to say prophecy is kind of like this. Jesus' words are red, my words are blue. When I say what Jesus says, they mix together and they make purple. If I'm speaking in my own strength, in the Holy Spirit, Jesus, his words read aren't say, are the saying the same thing out of the posture, the tone, the way that I mean it from the depths that I truly believe, then it's all going to be blue words and my blue words are never going to do anything. Healing, deliverance, just praying for somebody who is in the most dark and broken spot, isn't, nothing is going to happen if your words don't become purple with the Holy Spirit. If you two are meshing and saying the same thing, believing wholeheartedly that he will move in this moment and that he truly wants to, you can overcome the other voices, the enemy that wants to speak something completely contrary to what you're praying for. I want to flip to James 5 real quick. This is, this is a, ordered out as to how how we should pray. This is the prayer of faith. I'm going to read James 5, 13 through 18. Where is it? Is any among you suffering? He should pray. Is anyone in good spirits? Then he should sing. Is any among you ill? He should summon the elders of the church 
and they should pray for him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed any sins, he'll be forgiven. So confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being just like us, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And there was no rain in the land for three years and six months. Then he prayed again, and the sky gave rain, and the land sprouted with a harvest. There's a real significance to him saying, call on the elders. What are the elders? The elders aren't just people who volunteered, I don't think, in this time, volunteered to say, hey, like, I'll be, I'll be a pastor, I'll lead this show. There's, there's those people, but the elders, I want to think about the elders a little bit differently. I want to think about them as seasoned Christians who have gone through the heavy lifting that's already been talked about in James, considering it for years and years and years, pure joy when they have faced trials of many kinds because they have been able to refine their faith for years and years and years. That's why they went to the elders. He said, call on the elders. My question is, are we going to become elders as we grow? They've been refining their faith longer than anyone. I've had somebody say before, um, they, don't, they, don't need, they don't need Zach to pray uh, because they, they have the Holy Spirit too. It's not wrong. It's not wrong to say that. Somebody was, somebody was hurt and they're saying, well, um, if, if my wife's, wife's got a, a bad back or whatever it might be, I don't need, I don't need Zach. I can pray for her and that they'll be healed. A hundred percent. That's so true. But do you have the prayer of faith that's been worked out? Because building up that faith is such a diligent and tender process of getting yourself out of the way so that the Lord can move. I'm not saying that he won't come and heal but I'm saying you might be a little bit off in asking for help. It's by the building up our faith. If I see a healing happen here, then that builds up my faith so that I can see it happen too. This is a beautiful thing. If you guys know John G. Lake, he, um, he was responsible for helping build up the healthiest city in America. He went and he ministered in uh, Africa for years and years and years, and then he put up a, um, a prayer hospital. I forgot what city it is. But um, this book is just full of testimonies about his life. And this particular one is really, really profound because as great as John G. Lake is, this is, this is something interesting. So one day, I sat talking to Father Seymour in Los Angeles. I told him about the following incident in the life of Elias Letwaba, one of our native preachers in South Africa. I went to his house in the country one day, and his wife said he is not home a little baby is hurt and he's praying for her. So I went over to the native hut, got down on my knees and crawled inside. I saw Litwaba kneeling in the corner by the child. I said, Litwaba, it is me. What is the matter with the child? He told me the mother had been carrying the baby on her back in a blanket and as natives carry their children and it fell out. He said, I think it hurt its neck. He examined the baby and saw that its neck was broken. I would, it would turn from side to side like the neck of a doll. Why, Litwaba, the baby's neck is broken. 
John G. Lake says, I did not have faith. He doesn't say this out loud. He says, I did not have faith for a broken neck, but poor old Letwaba did not know the difference. I saw that he did not understand. He discerned the spirit of doubt in my soul, and I said to myself, I am not going to interfere with his faith. He will just feel the doubt generated by all the old traditional things that I have learned, so I will go outside. I went to another hut and kept praying. I lay down at 1 a.m., and at 3 a.m., Litwaba came in. I said, well, Litwaba, how about the baby? He looked at me so lovingly and sweetly and said, why, why, brother, the baby is all well. Jesus, do heal the baby. I said, the baby is well. Litwaba, take me to the baby at once. So we went to the baby. I took the baby in my arm, and it came out of the hut praying, Lord, Take every cursed thing out of my soul that keeps me from believing the Lord Jesus Christ. As I related the incident to Mr. Seymour, he shouted, Praise God, brother, that is not healing, it is life. I've been in, I've been in rooms where the same situation has happened to me, but I was with a bunch of kids. By my experience, I was having a hard time believing for something, but a kid didn't know any different. There's, there's an issue with being an adult that by our own experience, we have to outwork this doubt a little bit more because we didn't grow up seeing these things, believing for these things, and letting our minds stay, stay in a ridiculous kind of place. I've been in rooms with the same situation where I'm going to let this kid pray because I think he has more faith than me. He has more faith because of what, what I see in him as ignorance. The Lord sees his faith where I see ignorance and saying, this kid doesn't know any better. He's going to believe better than me because he doesn't have all the crud that I have. The problem is, we probably all have crud. (laughs) This takes work, as in James 1 is talking about, that when we move into a situation where we feel that blocking, where something is, is just, just the Holy Spirit isn't moving because of that seed of doubt that, that is within you, that isn't a moment to look at God and say, uh, he must not want this to happen right now. This is a moment where you take joy and you say, Lord, I need you to use this as a sharpening of me. I believe that, and it breaks my heart, is we all have, have had experience with, is when, when somebody very, very close to us is going through a life or death situation. Many, many times, this is the first occasion where people have cried out for the Lord to come and move in a miraculous way. I think that's the problem. I think that that's the problem, that it's not in the church's DNA, that we have been doing this for years and building ourselves up as the elders so that when somebody is hurt, when somebody is dying sooner than they should, that we would have a people who are in confidence and in full faith that the Lord would come and move. But it's only going to be done if we consider it joy every time that we see trials of many kinds, including these ones, so that we can get this endurance so that this endurance can have its full effect, so that it can make my faith complete and lacking nothing. The, the, the brokenheartedness that, that is partnered with the, the prayer of faith. Man, if I'm praying for a miracle to happen for somebody, and I really, really need this to happen because this is, 
This is somebody that I love so deeply. The people that I'm leaning on play a role. I play a role. The sick person plays a role. That we are all in full faith and hopefully would be built up as the elders in having full confidence that this healing would take place. Unfortunately, what, what we experience sometimes is that we don't see the healing pull through. I don't look at God and say, he, didn't, he, he, he wanted them in heaven right now. It's, it's, you know, they weren't supposed to be healed. I believe that they were. I think there's a time for all of us to go. I think that that should be clear. The Lord should, let, should, should, should give us confidence of when it is time to let go of life. In the same way that Jesus, he didn't, he didn't just die, he gave up his life. He knew the time. Um, there's, a, there's a real war going on. There's battles that take place that we also need to weigh and understand. That we play a role in it. That we need to move forward. We need to keep on progressing and never be defeated. The Holy Spirit wants to move in you. I think that the, the issue is, is that Many times when we're praying for those miracles, Pastor, is it the first time that you've prayed with such vigor that something would happen? What if in your younger years of ministry, your younger life of just being a Christian, this is the way that you started? What if you were working out the kinks and the faults of your faith while you were young? Instead of thinking that you've, we've made it, we, 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 guys, I'm not trying to convict anybody in a way that I'm not being convicted to. I praise God that I'm, I'm, I'm able to, to recognize this process so that when I do get older and something, it comes down to a hospital room, that I can have that faith built up because I've been here before. That when, when I didn't see the outcome that I, that I thought the Lord was, was, was going to use me to, 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 to do, that I would have went through this process and saying, Lord, what is it in me that created that? Like, where's the doubt coming from? Yeah. How come like, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't allow you to move through me in the capacity that you wanted to? I believe that if Jesus was here in this room, he would have done it. So why am I not as much like Jesus as I should be? What if I went through years and years and years of that process? So now as an elder, you ha- somebody comes to you with the full confidence that it's going to happen. Because I've gone through the work. We've confessed our sins. We've, we've let go of this, these old ways. And the prayer of faith saved them. The prayer of a righteous person, as it says, is powerful and effective. All of this is to, to root out the weaknesses in our own hearts that we have. This isn't for a show. This isn't because it'll get more attention and people might come here. It isn't because healing is more fun than being sick. It's because this is the Lord's will, and it's through this process, whether it be miraculous or whether it be the fact that you just have a broken heart. And you need to hear the voice of the Lord right now. These things need to be worked out, and they need to be worked out in you and me so that we can be effective. I think that it's this proposition in James 1 that we need to take so seriously that is going to change the fabric of not only our church, but the church after us too. Imagine this. 
Imagine that each and every one of us started this process of ridiculous faith, believing that the Lord would come and do only what he can. Those after us, those who are younger, they they wouldn't have all of that crud that blocks them up from believing that the Lord will move. Every generation, it would only get stronger and stronger and stronger. And I, I had to catch myself last night as I was reciting my sermon because I said to myself, and I started to cry because it was just, it's, 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 it's here in me. I said, Lord, even if I don't see the fullness of what you're trying to do in this word, I believe that you will, you will at least duplicate it to generations to come. And even that is a seed of faith that he won't do it in my own life. That I've lowered the bar for myself. I'm not okay with lowering the bar anymore. I need him so badly to come and move. So in my own experience, and just taking you through the process that I've, I've gone through recently, there's been these awesome twin dudes. They're so cool. They're so fun, but they can't hear. And we've been, we've been praying for them and believing that they would come in. We'd be able to lay our hands on them, that they would be, their hearing would come back and their ears would be restored. It didn't happen yet. This is the process that needs to take place in me. Because, Lord, what, what is hindering? Or what is, what is, what is keeping like, like, Lord, I know that I have this, this little seed of doubt within me. God, I need you, a, a bigger revelation of who you are so that you can take this out of me. Yeah. I can't have it anymore. Yeah. Like, like th- th- they might go, but somebody else who has a hearing problem is going to come after them. Come I can't let that one situation where I was, I, I, was, I was met with something that I didn't have faith for be reproduced every time somebody has her ears. We can't just accept it. We can't just accept it. We need to take it seriously that the Lord had, had, had trusted us, that he wanted to move in that moment. And there was just something within me that I, I just wouldn't allow it. Like we are supposed to be the elders. We are supposed to move in faith, in freedom, in righteousness, so that the Lord would be able to flow through us in any way that he wants to. I'm praying that we would be able to, to look at that vision that I painted out in the beginning. We would be able to see the people on the right as not special. We'd be able to see ourselves on the right and have sorrow upon the people on the left because they're not even looking at the right person. It's not that the people on the right have, have just been walking in victory and victory and victory and victory again. They're from a position of victory that is going to keep on perpetuating victory, but sure, sure, be assured that they have found their losses as well. They've taken their losses, but they've done something with them. They've taken responsibility where they have inhibited the Lord from being able to move in his fullness. That is why they are, are moving. They're not stuck. They are not stopped. They are not huddled together with, 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 with people who are thinking the same way that they are. They're... they're they, they're walking with people who are, are perpetuating actual movement of God. Yes. 
they're walking and believing in a place where heaven truly will come and touch earth and that they are a part of it and only because they see the Lord for who he truly is. I hope that you can, you can see that being in such a vulnerable place of being by somebody's bedside. There's this one testimony, I've shared it before. There's this young guy who was um, supposed, to, supposed to pass away in six months. The only reason that I had any faith that it would turn out for good, because I've never been in a situation like this. He had a tumor on his neck, and the Lord told me where his tumor was and exactly what he looked like. If I didn't receive that vision of what he looked like, I wouldn't have had faith going into that hospital room because that was my first time going. So we prayed for him. He was healed, and it was amazing. He's going to live a long life with his family, going to be able to get his driver's license and continue on. But it was by the Lord's mercy that he, he blessed me enough as I asked for wisdom, it says here, ask for wisdom, he will give it to you without reproach. I needed something, and the Lord provided it. I would not have been able to say, it's the right thing for me to go to this hospital room. I needed something special. I needed God to speak to me. And he showed me something. I said, is this, is this where the tumor is? They said, I don't know. I said, okay. Is this kind of what he looks like? They said, yes, that is what he looks like. I said, sweet, that's enough for me. Went to the hospital room. Sure enough, it was on that side of the neck. Yep. He looked as, as I saw in my, in my mind. And I had all confidence to be able to pray for this kid. That's right. And it's because of that gift that I had the faith in the first place. Yeah, so I want to I ask you guys, what, is, what does this look like for you? Because we're all going to be met at the end of ourselves praying for the Lord to move in a way that if it went any other way, it would seem unfair. We're going to be met with something in the future where we're just going to be pleading with the Lord that he would do something. But we need to trust him in the little things, the here and now, every single moment, every single loss that you've had, that you would start turning it back to God in the, in the very similar messages as Evan was giving, every single brokenhearted part of our lives that we have engaged in, it is his intention that he wants to grow closer to us. Through every sorrow, every brokenhearted moment, that is a trigger to trust him even though things don't seem like they sh- the way they should be. Through that and through this practice, he's going to build you up in a way like you can't imagine. He's going to build up a church that is far more powerful than, than, than anything that you've ever seen. Imagine a people who are walking out the book of James in this way because you have been seasoned saints, because you have grown in your faith for so long, because you have taken every single Uh, moment of opposition seriously and not swept it under the rug. You met the opposition head on with the Bible. You met the the opposition head on with with praying on your knees and believing that the Lord would come and take care of you. That if this ever comes again, that that it would go differently. I have to see that for my life. I can't keep blaming God because it's been the blame of God for so long, especially in America, that things just didn't go the way that we wanted them to go when it says differently throughout Scripture. When Jesus went to his hometown, it says even Jesus couldn't do many miracles there because of the town's unbelief. 
where are we getting this narrative that, that, that God didn't want to move? That's all he wants. It's his greatest desire that you let him move. Jesus went and he tried. And he was met with, no, the enemy wins this, this little battle here. But not the ultimate ones. He doesn't win the ultimate ones. He might win one right here in this moment. And even that, I want, to st- I want to stand in faith and say, no, he won't. But there's going to be times where I'm at the end of myself and I need Jesus to come and fill me up. Come and, uh, come and, come and take me forward where I can't go anymore. And by praying prayers like this, being met with those losses, that opposition, is the only way that I'll be able to look inwardly and say, Lord, I need more. Yeah. Lord, I've thought small of you. I need to think bigger of you. Lord, when it comes to this, as it was with John G. Lake, he saw the baby and the broken neck in partnership as being bigger than God. But this other man didn't know any better. So he left the room and he prayed. Prayed somewhere else because John G. Lake was his leader. And if the other guy smelled any whiff of doubt on John G. Lake, then that baby probably wouldn't have been healed. The doubt, the fear, those are the killers of our faith. We're not called to walk in fear. We're not called to walk in doubt. We're called to have full confidence in what the Lord's will is on earth as it is in heaven. I'm praying that we get that on earth as it is in heaven revelation. Uh, Worship team, if you want to come up. I want to prophesy over our church and what I'm believing for it to look like. But first, it has to take place in uh, our leaders. That we're engaging in this process for you guys so that you guys can look up to us as elders and say when, when, when things seem so dark and seem so hopeless, that I know that there's people who are ridiculously confident in all things that the Lord could come and change something. So if you are a leader, I want to just welcome you up, and I want you guys to just pray over us. Because we're supposed to be huge examples of what it looks like to get out of the way and to let the Lord move in his fullness. We are far from done, but we have started this process, and we need you guys' help to come and partner with us and to build us up and, 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 and let there be no seed of doubt. In the same way that John G. Lake was challenged by this man who still had faith. If John G. Lake was alone, it might not have turned out. It was by the faith that the other man had that he didn't know any different. That he, he would believe that no matter what John G. Lake was praying for, John G. Lake had enough faith that it would happen. For whatever reason, John G. Lake didn't have faith in the, in the baby's neck. But the other man assumed that he did. So that didn't stop him. So Angie, Adrienne, Scott, Evan and Amy, if you got jobs to do, you can do your thing. We'll pray with you later. Um, I know that this is a, a really unique message. I don't know if I've ever heard anybody anybody preach on something exactly like this. 
about what it looks like in the very real, real, uh, real war of winning and losing. We don't, maybe we don't talk about losing a lot. I think a lot of time when we talk about losing, it's, it's written off as if, yeah, that's just the way it, that it is. It's the Lord's will, um, whatever it might be. We don't accept the, our own responsibility that he so badly wants to be used. He wants us, us uh, he, he so badly wants to use us. So if you guys can extend a hand towards your leaders, we're just going to pray for them collectively and ask the Lord to just come and endow them with ridiculous faith. Endow me with ridiculous faith. You guys can come all the way up if you wanted to. To the measure of your faith, this, is job, this gets done. James 1 right now and every single one of us or we just pray over us the example givers the leaders the elders Jesus I just pray against any seed of doubt that is found within us I pray against any seed of doubt that has rivaled your goodness we just proclaim that it is our will that as far as it is with us heaven would meet earth that you would be free to come and move through each and every single one of us that you would just tear out these seeds of doubt within every single one of us Lord that you would use us as examples to come and build up the saints under us Lord, we just call on your name because it's impossible with man. It's, impo it's possible with you. So Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would just come well up in this place. Lord, we understand that what we're asking for is something that we haven't necessarily seen outside of reading. God, I just ask for at least a little seed of faith. Give us all a vision, Lord, in the same way you've given me one that builds that faith to be able to see you move in your church in a way that's unlike what most people pursue. I pray for every single person to receive that vision of what it looks like for the Lord to be able to move rampant throughout our lives, uninterrupted. Jesus, come and build yourself up inside each and every single one of us. Come and have your way. God, we just step out of the way so that you can move. Lord, what is impossible with man is not impossible with you. Holy Spirit, you can do it. Now, leaders, if you can pray over your people, specifically if any of you guys, you don't need to be prayed for. And if you don't want to be prayed for, I don't want you to get prayed for. Because what did I read? You don't, if you don't have confidence that the Lord will do it, you can be confident that he won't. If you do want 
the Lord to build you up in this way so that no matter what comes against, that you would just be built up in this refining nature, not to take defeat, but to take every opposition that comes and give it back to the Lord so that he can make you wiser, so that he can make you stronger, so that he can build himself up, make himself as he is within your life, so that you would be out of the way and he would be able to move. If that is something that you want, leaders, I ask you to, 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 to just pray over a few of them that are within reach. And Holy Spirit, we just call on you that you would just start this movement where we would just be, be so encouraged by you, allowing you to move in ways that only you can. Let no loss just be a loss. You guys want to pray with Matt? Join him on the carpet over here. Be bold, guys. Be bold. Get yourself out of the way. Let the Lord move. We just pray that there just wouldn't be there wouldn't be any loss that is just that's perpetuated, Lord. Anything that has come in opposition to you, we ask that you would use it. Holy Spirit, come and move, fill us up, God. Give us ridiculous faith, Lord. any doubt you have to go you pale in comparison to the goodness of the Lord you pale in comparison to the will of God as Jesus went and only did what his father said surely that is your design as well he only did what he saw his father doing let us be the same compassion and saw the brokenhearted healed, moved with compassion and saw broken bodies healed. couple more minutes. Keep this going. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come.
30 more seconds, guys. 30 more seconds. We got to seal this. what we got to do next. Here's what we got to do next, guys. There's no better way to get ourselves out of the way and let the, let the Lord have us, to the, let the Lord move. As the full intention of this entire message is to allow yourself be in places where you find yourself at the end of yourself. If we give up, we will never be blessed with being able to see ourselves at the end of ourselves so that he can come and take us further than our own wills could. The best way to do that is to praise the Lord, to put him on the throne of our lives exactly where he should be, uninterrupted by us without us keeping him. So let's sing this last song. I want you to just truly give yourself over. Get yourself out of the way and ask him that he would put himself on the throne of your heart so that nothing would interrupt, so that you would have faith, so that he would grow up fully in you, so that you can move boldly in ways that you didn't know that you could, so that he can help people, give you a word for somebody that needs it, bless people at work, bless people here, use you in his fullness. So Lord, we just give you this final song and we seal this message. We come in agreement. We ask that you would come and move in your fullness. Jesus, we thank you that you're going to take this and you're going to make it truly who we are now. We, we just want to confess any times that we've accepted defeat Lord, we ask that you would make us people of victory who keep on moving forward. In the blessings of the Lord, and that the goodness of the Lord would be seen in the land of the living. So Lord, start that now. And we praise you for it. We seal this message in all confidence, Lord, that you would come and move and fill us up. Amen.